Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 80 of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. My name is Nathan Hirsch, and I am with Jake Slobodnik, as always. Jake, the Pirates season is officially over. Uh, the 2022 season is in the books. The Pirates finished 62 and 100, one game better than 2021 when they finished 61 and 101. Jake, my question for you is uh, how do you feel about the Pirates at season's end? What What is your general broad opinion on the season that was? It's improvement. We like to see that. One game better. We'll be ready for the 2047 World Series. But in all retrospects, uh, I'm indifferent on this year. It was supposed to be a much better year, but I think because of all the injuries that were handed down to some of the key people of our team, we were kind of forced to go back and tank for another top spot in the draft. Um, there was a lot of good things that came from this year. And then there were a lot of bad things such as the Van Meter era, Yoshi Sutsugo's decline, the Yu Chang era. Uh, it's really, I'm really in the middle of this in terms of how I feel about the season. It sucks to see it come to an end, but with all the ups and downs, I'm, I'm sitting the fence. I think it was a decent year for some not so great year overall. Yeah, I would say overall, I wanted to see, you know, a lot more improvement over 2021. But I will say as far as, you know, following the franchise, I think the Pirates are in a better position now than they were last year, just because finally some of these key younger prospects are, you know, getting up to the major leagues. I was impressed by O'Neill Cruz. We'll get to him later. We'll get to our Pirates report card grades in a little bit here, but uh, you know, some, some younger players opened eyes, Rodolfo Castro, Mitch Keller took a nice step. Rowanzi Contreras was really good. Um, but yeah, like you said, we still had another year enduring guys like Josh Van Meter, Yoshi Satsugo, Yu Chang on the pitching side. I mean, we can mention Zach Thompson, Bryce Wilson. They were kind of disasters. Um, but the talent is coming. You, you really hope, I mean, we'll, we'll see what the off season holds, but you really hope that they add some sort of talent and try to build upon this year finally. But, you know, with the owner, with the front office, mostly the owner, you just never know if that will ever happen. But I do think, you know, broadly speaking, the Pirates have a, a nice core, and on the pitching side, they have a nice little core at starting pitchers, starting with Rowan Contreras and Mitch Keller, and uh, Brubaker was decent, JT Brubaker. But I think, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic ending this year than ending last year. Uh, they're still kind of in the rock-bottom tanking phase, and honestly – Looking ahead, I hate to say it, but there's you know there's no real reason to think that they would contend at all next year. But you hope next year, maybe they can win ten to fifteen games more than they won this year if if things go right. And then in twenty four, that could be a timeline of contention. But overall, I mean, Cruz was great. Reynolds had a solid year. Brian Hayes struggled hitting, but he's still great defensively. So, yeah, 
to to round the year, I just want to mention the Pirates did finish tied for last in the NL Central with the Cincinnati Reds. Both finished sixty two and a hundred. I don't really care who gets the tiebreaker there. I'm not sure. Uh, baseball Reference has Cincinnati ahead of the Pirates, but whatever. But as far as uh, drafting goes, next season there is a draft lottery implemented in the uh, in Major League Baseball, and the Pirates will have the best odds for the first overall pick tied with the worst three teams. The pirates are tied with Washington and I believe Oakland maybe. Um, but the pirates will have odds to get number one and continue the rebuild, continue adding top end draft talent. But uh, yeah, overall bad season, bad players, but there were some bright spots and that's, that's where I want to take this episode. We are going to go through pretty much every, I want to say key player this season and give them a report card grade and give them kind of our thoughts of how they performed this season and what we think is going to happen next year. So you ready for that, Jake? I'm ready. All right. Do you want to start with the hitters or the pitchers? Uh, I think there's fewer pitchers to grade since a lot of them were terrible. So let's start with the pitchers. Okay. We can start with the pitchers and I'm honestly, I'm just going down in order of innings pitched. So honestly, there, there are a decent amount of pitchers, but we don't have to get through all of them in total. How many pitchers do you think pitched for the Pirates this season? I just want to, want to ask you, Uh, I want to say around 35. Let's see here. My page is loading. 36. So that's a good guess. Uh, we'll, we'll go through about 15 of them. How's that sound? That sounds fine, but my God, you step back and realize how many people played for the Pirates this year. <laughs> you could write an entire encyclopedia about it. You really could. You really could. There were a lot of players, a lot of bad players, but uh, yeah, the, the season mercifully over. All right, we'll start with Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller on the season. Tossed 159 innings. The record didn't look great, 5-12, and 12, although the ERA was 391, XFIP 399, total F4 2.1 on Fangraphs, hence F4. What is your grade for Mitch Keller? I gave him an A-, and you know me, I hated Keller last year. I said we should get rid of him, but he really turned my head this year. Uh, he started off a little rocky after coming off the offseason that he put in a lot of work. And in this, after this, after the all-star break, the dude just looked really dominant. And I think he even showed that before the all-star break too. Um, you mentioned the low ERA, the record, I think is a false indicator of how he did. Um, when you're not backed by a solid lineup of good hitters, you're going to get that sort of record, but overall his numbers look fantastic. He's the only pirates pitcher, uh, that has started a game that finishes with an ERA under four. I think that's actually his first mark in the major leagues with an ERA under four. Um, I'm trying to look at some of the other stats that he has. He joins JT Brubaker as one of two pirates with over 135 strikeouts. Well, really over a hundred strikeouts this season. Uh, so I can't really complain too much about how Mitch Keller has really turned it around. He's sort of, he's giving fans a lot of comfort knowing that he's going to be in the rotation next year instead of everybody saying, man, do we really, uh, do we really need him again this year? And the biggest thing to me is all the fans wanting to extend Mitch Keller, especially, you know, you give a one-year time span about how how bad he went to how good he went, and 
you start to reason with them and say, well, maybe he does deserve like maybe a two, three year extension to see where he can go. And to me, I think he's shown signs that, you know, he's really matured, really improved. And I think he could be a valuable, you know, middle of the rotation sort of guy going forward. So I, I'd be, I'd be awful if I gave him anything less than an A minus. Yeah, I think that's a good grade. I'll give him a B plus um, just because, yeah, from May on, he was absolutely awesome. And he, it's funny, he kind of turned into a big, you know, ground ball type pitcher. And the strikeouts really weren't weren't really that high. Um, I mean, the strikeout rate, 20.1%. I guess it is an improvement over 2021, but he cut the walks down. He increased the uh, the ground balls. Ground ball rate, 49%. That sinker was huge. I, I really hope that, you know, he builds on that this offseason, sticks with the sinker. And I think next season, I mean, as far as extension talk goes, I brought it up before. I wouldn't mind seeing it. They don't really have to get it done yet. But um, next season, I think if he can live in that 3-3-5 to three five ERA range, then then we'll really be cooking. Then he'll – He'll look like a, you know, a, a bona fide number two starter in in a major league rota- rotation. So I think that would be huge. But uh, yeah, B plus for Mitch Keller. I thought he was really good. He really took a step forward this year, finally. And it is funny though because he is only uh, twenty six years old. He'll be twenty seven when the season starts next year. So he's still young. Um, still has some service time left, and he'll he'll be with the team for a little while. And I think he's a nice little building block. And I was, I was really impressed with, with his season uh, this year. And the uh, sinker was huge. The fastball velocity touched, you know, 96 on average this season. So really solid for Mitch Keller. B-plus for him for me. Let's move on. JT Brubaker, 144 innings pitched. Um ERA 4.69. The XFIP was 3.87, so he was a tad unlucky. Uh, F4 1.9. What What are your thoughts from Brubaker? Also, his record was 3-12. and 12. Um, I have to give him a C plus. I was never big on Brubaker this season. Uh, his stuff just doesn't look effective. As you said, the numbers are a bit skewed. And you could factor in the whole lineup argument again about, you know, when you don't get a solid supporting cast, you're obviously going to get brought down by that. But really, I, I just think Brubaker is more of a long relief option, maybe a platoon starter. He's not a consistent starter. He hasn't looked good this season. Maybe had one or two quality outings. But other than that, he hasn't been good. And I, I still trace it back to the 2021 season after that start against the Cleveland at the time Indians, now Guardians. Uh, when he pitched a stellar game and they still lost one to nothing ever since then, he's been on a downward trend. Um, I feel like he's lost a little bit of zip um, misses the zone a couple of times. He's just, in my opinion, not a good uh, top of the line rotation guy. I feel like he'd be a lot better off. if He was a long relief option. And hopefully they explore that next year, but as a starter this year, I got to give him a C plus. C plus is fair. I'll give him a B minus. I thought, I don't know. I was, I was impressed with Brubaker this season, especially after last year where he looked really solid in the first half of 2021 and totally fell off this season. I thought he was a little more consistent, obviously not consistently great or even consistently good, but 
like I said, he was a bit unlucky. I feel like his future is that of a number five starter. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the bullpen if the Pirates have enough starters, but heading into the next next season, uh, I, I would assume that, you know, you have Keller, Contreras, and him. Hopefully the Pirates add a starter. Maybe he's their number four seat starter heading into 2023, but B-, I feel like, is fair and... I still think he has good stuff. Um, I think he's he's okay. He's not great. He's not a top starter, like you said. But I was I was slightly impressed. And 144 innings is nothing to um, complain about. He eight innings. He he did his job, and he he just needs to keep in, improving. Maybe improve you know some of the secondary pitches and improve some. You know the fastball is decent. The slider is his best pitch, but. Um, I think I think moving forward back in rotation is kind of his his destiny. All right, moving on. We got Zach Thompson. Zach Thompson was three and ten, 121.2 innings pitched, started twenty-two games, and then came out of the bullpen. He appeared in twenty-nine total games. F war zero point two. The ERA is at five point one eight. The X FIP, once again, a little bit unlucky for him. Four point four four. What's your grade, Jig? D minus to an F. The dude came over on a hot streak after last season with Miami. We all thought he was going to be a quality guy who can eat up innings and maybe put some good numbers up. But, man, I just – watching him this year, it's been sort of like pulling teeth. You couldn't get me to sit and watch a complete uh, outing by Zach Thompson. And even when he came out of the bullpen, he looked shaky. Not the greatest and certainly not the worst out of the bullpen, but – I don't know. I can't really pinpoint where exactly things went wrong for Zach Thompson, but I I don't know. It's just something about him. I don't know if it's the fact that he has no velocity on his pitches, the fact that he surrenders meatballs to opposing hitters, even the worst kind of hitters. But I mean, the numbers across the board just reflect on just how poor of a year it was for him. Maybe it was a regression year in a new environment, but D minus or F for him this year. Yeah, I, I agree. He really wasn't that impressive. Didn't really strike out a lot of hitters, and he he gave up his share amount of walks. Um, I'll give him a I'll give him a C minus. I'll be a little bit more lenient on him. I think next year he needs to be straight out of the bullpen as kind of a long relief swingman type. Uh, I don't want him starting games. He did eat innings this year, so I'll give him a little bit of credit there. But, yeah, overall, the ERA was high. He really wasn't all that impressive. And, you know, the Pirates need any pitching help. You know, the starting rotation, like I said, I like the core. But other than the, the top three that I mentioned earlier, it's it's not great after that. And Zach Thompson was a part of that. I'll give him a C-. minus. Hopefully next year, I'm assuming he'll be with the club next year. He comes out of the bullpen and finds a little bit more success there. All right, moving on. Bryce Wilson, another one of these mess starters. Wilson was three and nine, 115 and two thirds innings pitched, uh, 552 ERA with a 552 X ERA, but the X FIP was 4.54. So another guy that didn't outperform his X FIP. Um, a little unlucky for him, but minus 0.1 F war didn't strike out a lot of hitters. Didn't walk a lot of hitters. Um, 
What are, what's your grade for Bryce Wilson? Clearly a D minus or F. I can't rank him above Zach Thompson because uh, Bryce Wilson, there were, hmm, it's hard to describe his season. I mean, it could be easy for some people, but for me, it's kind of hard because we remember at the beginning of the season when they tried him out as a starter, he didn't really, you know, pan out too well. They moved him to the bullpen. He not only looked more comfortable on the mound, he actually said that he feels better coming out of the bullpen and he did pretty impressive things in the bullpen. Uh, but then they tried working him back into the starting role and that's when he really completely fell apart to the point where he became unwatchable throughout the rest of the season. And in a way I feel kind of bad for Bryce Wilson because, you know, I feel like if they kept him in that bullpen role, we would be giving him a much higher grade, but considering the, the organization, in my opinion, failed him. I don't want to say Bryce Wilson failed the pirates. I think the pirates failed him. Uh, it's it's really hard to really say how he truly performed this year, but if we're going based on numbers alone, the dude was just awful. Nobody wanted to see him out there on the mound at all. He had a few quality starts, but you know he's like Zach Thompson. A few quality starts doesn't automatically mean that you had yourself a good season. Again, if we kept him in the bullpen for the season, I think we're talking about a different story. But if we're talking about how he performed as a starter, D minus or F, without question, Bryce Wilson was not good this year. Yeah, I agree there. I'll give him a D plus. Um, I agree with everything you said. He needs to be a bullpen guy. He really does. He's he's still young, which is funny. He's still like 24 years old. But, yeah, the stuff just isn't that impressive. Uh, his fastball is in the low 90s. His breaking stuff isn't really good. His changeup isn't good either. So, yeah, overall um, – D plus not, not, not great from Wilson. I don't want to see him in the starting rotation next, next season. I think as far as the off season goes, a good barometer of how successful this off season is, will be if guys like Zach Thompson or Bryce Wilson are in the starting rotation. If they are, then we'll know the pirates did pretty much nothing this off season. If they're in the bullpen, great. We'll see what happens. Maybe they can have Will Crow type seasons, even though Crow really, fell off at the end. We'll get to him in a minute. But before that, let's move on to Rowanzi Contreras, who through all of the service time manipulation, through all of the quote-unquote rest, had a pretty decent season. 95 innings pitched. He was 5-5, five and five, uh, made 18 starts, 21 games, 379 ERA. Finally, someone that outperformed his ex-FIP, which was 4.48, uh, struck out a good amount of hitters walked a good amount of hitters, but overall 0.9 F four. What's your grade for row on Z? Uh, probably just an a even, um, it was hard to decipher whether he went toward the plus or minus side. So I'm going to settle at a for him. Uh, and the reason I go with just a, he dealt all season long with being tossed around back and forth, manipulated by the system with the pirates tossed back and forth, a triple a, uh, with the scapegoat of, oh, it's just, you know, rest and all that. But he, we really know why he was tossed around. And I think that kind of affected him toward the end of the season. He still looked good. Don't get me wrong toward the end of the year, but, uh, you could tell some things were, weren't just clicking. I think he took a few ticks off his fastball. Um, I remember seeing that discussed on Twitter a couple of times and I've even noticed it myself just watching the games, but. With everything that's been surrounding him, he pitched very well. He talked about him outperforming his ex, his projected ex-fip. Uh, so overall, a really good rookie season, true rookie season for Rowanzi Contreras. Um, I have high hopes for him next year once he's in a more consistent role and he gets consistent reps, uh, unlike what he got this year. So A-flat. Yeah, I'll give him a B+. Plus. Um, he was really solid. 
I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think I'm going to give anyone an A on the Pirates this season just because they suck so badly. But I'll give him a flat – what did I say? Did I say B or B plus? You said B plus. All right, B plus. Um, yeah, I was I was impressed with Rowan. The fastball is awesome. The slider is awesome. Just, yeah, next year he needs to build on that. And hopefully uh, they can get 150 or so innings out of him. He was really impressive, I thought – Got a little lucky with the BAPIP, 257 against. Um, but overall, the stuff you can see, it's really great. And you hope moving forward he can be a top-of-the-rotation type pitcher. And, uh, yeah, I thought I thought he was really solid this season. And a few bumps in the road, but he did show periods of dominance, which that's what you want to see. And moving forward, I mean, as far as opening day starter next season, it's got to be him or Keller. I would imagine it's probably going to be Keller, but maybe Rowanzi gets the home opener because I, I believe the Pirates start on the road next season. I'm not sure. But, yeah, he was, it was really solid, B-plus for him, and one of the bright spots of this pretty dim season. All right, moving on, Will Crow. Crow started awesome out of the bullpen. He looked like a, a really nice eighth-inning guy. Kind of faltered lately, kind of ran out of gas. 76 innings pitched, 438 ERA. The F4 actually fell below zero. He was at minus 0.1. The XFIP, 429, so around where the ERA was. Um, a lot of people have been hard on Will Crow lately. I, I don't know. Overall this season, as far as expectations go, I didn't have any at all in the fact that he did what he did. I'll give him a B-. minus. What do you think? I think that's fair. I'll go B minus two. Um, <clears throat> I've seen a lot of conversation on Twitter, all social media as a whole saying, Will Crow sucks. He's the reason the Josh Bell trade was bad, which now there are a number of reasons why the Josh Bell trade was bad, but Will Crow, it's easier, like you said, to not have expectations going into the season and, you know, watching this guy sort of pan out. My only problem with Will Crow is how overused he was. Cause I think that the reason for his regression was just how, how much he was worked and, you know, Derek Shelton for a guy who, you know, doesn't want his starting pitchers to go more than, you know, two, three innings here and there. He let Will Crow out there pretty much to die in the middle of the field. And it had a poor effect on his arm. We saw some inflammation toward the end of the season. Um, hitters were catching up to his pitches a little bit more overall. I think if he wasn't as overused as he was, I think we'd be talking about a much higher grade. I'm not completely off the Will Crow train yet. I'm going to say that, you know, we're going to give it another year, at least for me, to see how he handles with being properly managed and not overused to the point where he looks like crap. So, yeah, B- minus I think is a fair assessment of Will Crow just based on how he did throughout the entirety of the season. The end of the season is something you'd like to forget, but that I think is something that we can uh, sort of put behind us if he does if he has a quality season next year in the pen. Yeah, and you mentioned it. He... He was overworked. He led the team in games pitched. He appeared in 60 games. That was more than anyone. And I don't think he's a seventh inning guy, an eighth inning guy. He's not a true setup man. But if he's in your bullpen as sort of like a middle reliever, maybe you put him in that Dwayne Underwood role next season. And uh, we'll get to Underwood here in a second. But, yeah, I think Crow as, you know, a – Middle of the bullpen type arm that that could provide some value, and 
yeah, moving forward, don't want to see him pitching late in games or honestly, I don't want to see him pitching as much as he pitched this season, but you know, on the surface, I thought he had a pretty decent year. He still walks too many hitters, but overall I was, I was impressed with Will Crow's season considering he was just awful as a starter in 2021. So yeah, moving into next year, I wouldn't mind seeing him just slotted in the middle of the bullpen. All right, moving on. Chase DeYoung, 71 and two-thirds, innings pitched. He had a 2.64 ERA. He was a lucky one this season. The XFIP was 4.96. His war was actually minus 0. 0.2. Um, six and three, though. He, he appeared in 42 games, which I believe is third on the Pirates. No, fourth. Fourth on the Pirates. Decent little year from Chase DeYoung. What's, what's your grade for him? D plus. There, a, a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then, and a broken clock is right twice a year. He got bailed out by numbers. Anytime you watched him in the games, Chase DeYoung was not good. At the beginning of the year, you could probably make an argument that he looked okay. But anytime he was brought in in a clutch situation toward the end of the year, he oftentimes faltered and continued to show the reason why he sucked last year. If it wasn't for a lucky first half, and it, I think that was all propelled by that combined no-hitter that he threw in AAA in the early parts of the year, if it wasn't because of the momentum, momentum based off that, DeYoung would have had another 4-5 four, four ERA type of season with more inflated numbers. He was riding the wave of that. His stuff isn't commanding. The dude is awful. He's probably not coming back next year. And if he does, it'll be by the skin of his teeth. I'm not a big Chase DeYoung fan. And anytime I see him come to the game, I have the same reaction as I do when I see Dwayne Underwood come in. And that's, oh, God, we have a lead, and it's going to be gone by the end of the season. I don't like Chase DeYoung as a pitcher. I think he's awful, and he got bailed out by by numbers this season. Yeah, I mean, the underlying numbers weren't great for him, but the 264 ERA, it, it did happen somehow. I'll give him a C+. Plus. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. I, if, if he's on the team next year, that's probably not a great sign. But overall, I mean, no one in this bullpen really impressed at all. But yeah, C-plus from me. All right, let's move on to Dwayne Underwood Jr. I'm sure you, you really want to dig in here. 57.1 innings pitched. He had a 4-4 ERA. He actually had a war of 0.9, which among Pirates is upper echelon. Um, that, that actually surprises me a little bit. 3.91 XFIP struck out a decent amount of hitters. What's your grade for Dwayne Underwood Jr.? Again, D+. Plus. Anytime he came into the game, you kind of knew that Derek Shelton was just punting the game away or he was in a mop-up role. Um, I see nothing from him. I think hitters can pick him apart way too easily. His pitches aren't effective whatsoever. And again, he's just one of those figures that sort of took a placeholder in the in the roster until the major tank was out of the way. And I think next year, like the young, he's not going to be part of the team. It'd be a bad sign. I'm not a fan of Dwayne Underwood Jr. I did not like what I saw from him this year. And, you know, I hope he likes playing in a Pirates uniform because I think it's that's coming to an end here soon. Yeah, I'm not going to lie here. The F4 kind of surprised me that it was as high as it was looking at it here. Um, I guess he was a little unlucky. His XFIP was 3.91, but I'll give him, you know, I gave Will Crow a B minus. So I guess I'll give Underwood a B minus. I feel like they had similar enough seasons. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. 
it seemed like at times Underwood was used kind of like a setup man. You'd see him come in with a lead and maybe the seventh or eighth inning, and it did seem like he blew a decent amount of games. But that's not what he is. He's not a setup guy. I think he's a perfectly server serviceable middle relief option, though. Um, you know, bring him in in the fifth or sixth inning when your starter doesn't really go deep. I feel like that's fine. I do think he'll be on the team next year, and I'm just looking at this. Uh, right now, I mean, the Pirates do need to find some someone to bridge the middle relief options to the next guy we're going to talk about, David Bednar, as the closer. Because Will Crow is not a setup guy. Dwayne Underwood is not a setup guy. Some of these other guys are not setup guys that we'll get to here in a second. That, I, I mean, I don't know. Um Going after bullpen pieces and free agency, I'm not really a huge fan of. Just some of these guys need to work out. Maybe it's Yeri De Los Santos next season if he could come back from injury. But, yeah, Dwayne Underwood Jr., he's meh. He's whatever. I'm not going to really harp on it. But, yeah, I'll give him a B-. minus. All right, David Bednar, he was injured a decent amount of the second half, uh, 51 and two-thirds innings pitch. He had a nice 2.61 ERA. 1.5 F4. The FIP was solid as well. 2.83. Struck out a ton of hitters. Barely walked anyone. I'll give Bednar a solid B. Actually, you know what? I'm scratching my rule. I'll give him an A minus. It would have been an A if he would have stayed healthy all season, but A minus for Bednar. I think he is one of the premier closers in baseball, maybe top 10. Fringe top five if everything goes right. Bednar was solid this year. It was just the injuries that held him back a little bit. Yeah, I have an A minus on my sheet for Bednar too. The guy was the only All Star nod for the Pirates. He looked dominant in that first half. Again, just a victim of overuse. Uh, remember that? I think it all attributes back to that one outing he had where he went two innings. I think he he either reached fifty or he was around there fifty pitches. That is, um, and ever since then, that's when he kind of started to look really, really bad. Um, but I agree with you. I think he's still one of the premier closers in baseball. Uh, you take away some of the injury and overuse, he's still as pristine as possible. And I think once again, once we start managing things a little bit better with our, you know, pitching rotation and bullpen, Bednar is going to be a top, top 10 pit uh, closer in the MLB, probably a top 50 pitcher in the MLB as well. So I have to go with an A or an A minus as well. If it wasn't for the injuries and overuse, the dude would have a higher grade. All right, so there's a whole lot of other relievers here that we can go through. We'll just go a little rapid fire. Just give me your straight from the hip shot. Give me your grade. Manny Banuelos. B average. Uh, a couple bad, bad outings sort of inflated how bad he looked, but I thought he was solid. I'll give him a C plus. Uh, like you said, a few bad outings kind of skewed things, but finished the year with a 4.96 ERA, but his F4 was above zero. All right, Johan Oviedo. Again, a B average. Didn't look too bad this season. Had a couple bad uh, pitches, but I think he's got a lot of promise to be either at the bottom of the rotation or long relief option next year. Yeah, I'll give him a B as well. And speaking of setup guys, I wouldn't mind seeing him in that role if the starting thing doesn't work out for him because the stuff is there. The walks are obviously an issue, but the stuff is there. So he had a 3-2-3 ERA. He was solid. All right, Johan Ramirez. Ah. C minus to a D plus. I don't think there's much going for him. I think he was just a placeholder this year because of all the injuries. Yeah, I agree. I'll give him a C. Yari De Los Santos. He got held back by injuries. 
B minus. He looked good until he went on the 60 day IL. I think he's got a lot of promise to be a solid bullpen piece for next year. And he's got a lot of commanding velocity. So, uh, Yari De Los Santos a B minus. I agree with that. I think that's a solid grade. I'll also give him a B minus. Eric Stout. F. I don't, I don't know who he is. I don't know why he's here, why he's going to be around. Agreed. I'll give him an F. Um, we only got a few starts, but Luis Ortiz. B, I think he was bailed out and looked really good because of inferior competition. Once he started playing, uh, once he, you know, started facing that tougher competition, he looked a little ragged. So, I mean, there's some growing pains there, but I think he just looked a lot better because of the talent that he faced. Yeah, I think he was about a B minus. Um, like you said, he didn't, he pitched well against the Reds. So that's all you really need to know, but he showed signs. He strikes out hitters. Obviously the fastball sits at around a hundred. So that's exciting. Needs to clean up the command, clean up the walks. He almost walked six hitters per nine. So I think he has a chance. Maybe next year he starts in AAA and has a chance to start later in the season. All right. Last one here. We'll go with Colin Holderman. Well, I'm biased because I hated the Vogelbach. <laughs> I know you're biased. That's why I picked him. <laughs> so, but if I'm speaking honestly, I'd give him a C minus. He looked okay when he was with the Pirates, but then he got hurt, so it kind of made the trade look even worse. Uh, but, you know, I think a solid season with the Pirates, I think he'll be fine next year, so C minus. Yeah, I don't think he looked that great. I'll give him a D. Um but perhaps next season he is, you know, put him put him with Underwood and Crow in that middle relief type role. Maybe, maybe one of those guys can be a setup man. But I, I don't really see it happening. All right, that's it for the pitching side of things. Um, let's move on to the hitters. I think this will be a little more exciting because I don't know. I think I think the hitting the hitting there was there's some. Uh, there's some steps taken forward. All right, we're going to order this in order of plate appearances, and we'll start things off with Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds, had he started kind of iffy, but 614 plate appearances, he had 27 home runs, he hit 262, 345, 461. The WRC Plus was 125, and his F4 was 2.8. What's your grade for Brian Reynolds? You know, I'm going to sound like a crazy man here, but I give Reynolds an A+. The dude is anchoring a lineup full of nobodies, or not nobodies, but young guys who really haven't found their way yet in the major leagues. And, you know, he dealt with the likes of Yu Chang and Josh Van Meter backing him up in the lineup and Yoshi <laughs> Satsuga. Like, the dude had such a rough year, and he still finished very, very well. At an average above 262, uh, I think 27 home runs on the season. Yep. He looked strong, obviously not as great as last year, which sort of tarnished his trade value, but I think that doesn't even factor here. But, you know, all things considered, Reynolds had a very solid year dealing with so much, dealing with so much BS from the front office for everybody else around him. So I'm going to break the bank here and say Reynolds gets an A-plus in my opinion. That's fair. I'm going to give him a solid B um, because – he did take a step back from last season and he was in a similarly terrible, you know, position last season. But I agree with everything you said. I mean, hitting wise, he was solid. The big thing that concerns me was the defense. He was pretty bad in center field from what the metrics say. I mean, you can take that for what you will. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, he is. He's a he's a real major league player. He's really solid with the bat, and uh, the average went down from last season, but he still hit 27 home runs. That's a career high, and there's no reason to not think that he'll continue to just be a solid three to five win player moving forward, especially too, if the pirates can get some help from other players. Let me ask you this though. Has Brian Reynolds played his last game with the pirates? No, not at all. I think people are reading into that too much. And, you know, obviously they want to, I mean, I think that last game of the season was to get more looks at some young guys. They already know what Reynolds can do. And I feel like they didn't play him because they know he's going to be back next season. And I mean, come on in the, in the thank you video, Reynolds was the one that said, we'll see you guys in 2023. If that's not a big enough sign, I don't know. I don't know what will be, but no, I think he's safe. If anything, I think he gets extended this off season. Oh man. I I love your optimism and I hope you're right. I I didn't read any, anything into that last game either, but I just, you know, anytime there's a good pirate on the team and they're quote unquote tanking forever and rebuilding forever, Reynolds is a guy that other teams will be highly interested in. And I really hope the Pirates don't pull that trigger. I hope they hold on to him. I hope they extend him, like you said. But as is with the Pirates, you always have to ask that question, and it sucks. But uh, I, I hope he hasn't played his last game as a Pirate either. I think he is a core piece, and extending him, thats it needs to happen. Because, you know, even even as he gets older, I don't think he's a center fielder long-term. Honestly, is next year I'd like to see him – probably in left field. Um, but offensively, I think he will age like fine wine. The approach is solid. Uh, he gets on base, he walks and he's just, he's just a professional hitter. And it's really refreshing to watch day after day, a bright spot for the pirates. Brian Reynolds. I give him a solid B needs to work on the defense. All right. Key Brian Hayes. There was uh there was mentions that, of by him that he kind of fought through injuries all season, but still 560 plate appearances, seven home runs, the line, not good at all. 244, 314 on base, 345 slugging 88 WRC plus. But as, as always, he is a top, top defender in the sport. He had the highest F war on the team, 3.0. It just goes to show, even if he has an abysmal offs offensive season um the defense is so good that he will be a really good major league player so overall this season i give him a c just because the offense was so bad and you know you know what you're getting with the defense that's kind of his floor and i i hope next season if cabrian hayes is just an average major league hitter He's an all-star because the the defense is so good. Also, I will mention he stole 20 bags this year, which that's that's kind of nice as well. But he just needs to get healthy. He needs to have a full healthy season. And the man needs to learn how to pull the ball. He needs to learn how to clear them hips, use that power, hit the ball in the air. My God, he hits so many ground balls this season. But, um, yeah, I'll give him a C. I'm right around the <clears throat> C plus B minus range. Cause like you said, he was, there's some talks about him dealing with a back issue all season long. And in my opinion, if it's a, if it's a wasted year and we have the people to back him up at that position, like Rodolfo Castro and stuff. Yeah. I think he could have afforded to take some time off and heal up his back, and come back next year. Fine. But 
it's the offense that really scares me. Like you said, he can't really pull the ball. His numbers don't look the greatest. He does have 20 stolen bases, which is pretty good considering his hitting, uh, you know, his hitting hasn't been the greatest this season. His on base percentage was six. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. 345. Not fantastic, but not too bad either for pirate standards. Uh, if he can clean this up and, you know, heal his back fully next season, that's the big thing with key is like, he needs to stay healthy. Like, there are so many people already downtrodding his extension because of him getting hurt, I think, twice this season. Uh, once in the beginning of the year, and now this back issue. Like, if he would just stay healthy and at least play, you know, 85% of the season, I think he'd be a much better player than he is now. His defense goes untapped, don't get me wrong. And like you said, even if he hits at league average, he's an all-star automatically. But this year, just looking at him, it, it, it scared me just watching him and how poorly he did on offense. Defense-wise, though, I have no complaints. That's why I put him in the B-minus range, just because his defense saved him a lot. Yeah, and I mean, I will mention he fought through injuries all year, according to him, I guess. But he still did play 136 games, so he fought through whatever he was going through. So I'll give him a little credit there. But yeah, like like we both mentioned, the offense just needs to take a step up. And if he's an above average hitter, if he's even if he could be like a Matt Chapman type hitter, like like we mentioned, he would be solid. All right, next up. This player actually got DFA, but he still was third on the team in plate appearances. Michael Chavis, um, I think he's still with the team in the minor leagues. I guess we'll see what happens this offseason. But Chavis kind of started pretty nice. But if you look at the end of the year numbers, not good at all. 229 average, 265 on base, 389 slugging. The WRC plus was 80. Not great, minus 0.6 F4, although he did provide a tad bit of pop, 14 home runs. What's your grade for Chavis? Probably a C or C minus. He he did start hot at the beginning of the season, but really as we climbed our way through late August and early September, is really only his defense that was saving him. He was probably the only first baseman that could really catch an O'Neill Cruz liner on, you know, on target and make it look easy. Um but his hitting, it just wasn't the greatest. Even his numbers against lefties took a bit of a dip. Um, so, But I will say, whenever, whenever they DFA'd him, it was kind of a surprise because he can play so many positions and play them well, especially first baseman when we're already treading thin there. But uh, you got to produce on the offensive side. That's been my thing the entire ways. If you're going to produce on one, you got to produce on the other. So, <clears throat> yeah, he gets a low C grade from me. And I hope that... If there, if worse comes to worse, and there are a pile of injuries next year, he does get another chance at redemption, and he can work on some things at AAA next year because he is with the organization still. Yeah, I'll give him a D plus. Um, I, I'll give him credit because he he does seem like a, a solid professional in that locker room, and he, he's not a primary first baseman, but really held down the first base fort, I guess, defensively this season. But he's just not good enough with the bat. Um, strikes out way too often, barely ever walks, but he's a likable player. So I'll give him credit for that. But yeah, D plus from him. I, uh, I, I wouldn't mind, I guess if he was kind of like a bench bat next season, we'll see, but I doubt it. I don't really see much of a future for Chavis with the organization. We'll see though. Um, maybe he gets picked up by another team. Maybe someone, trades for him or claims him or whatever. But uh, Chavis, not great. He, he's just kind of those guys that maybe in a few years when the Pirates, 
improve if they improve we'll, we'll look fondly and say ah michael chavis he was a pretty likable guy during those awful terrible years but that's about it all right ben gamble um 115 games for gamble 423 play appearances he had nine home runs hit 232 324 369 that's a 97 wrc plus the most average player, 0.0 F war, and I'll give him the most average grade. He's a C. Um, he's he's okay. I think his best role would be that of a bench player, a fourth outfielder type, and that's what I really hope to see him as next season. Yeah, that's fair. I see him as a C. He played really well on defense. It seemed like – you know, when he took the field, he played as if he had the mindset that he's on a winning team, but uh, hitting wise just wasn't there. But really, we didn't really have many expectations for him when he came over. He was a placeholder. He was a veteran leader. He's been through the league how many times he's he knows what to what to expect from different teams. I Like you said, I think he's going to be a good bench bat. I think he's going to be a good mentor for some of these young guys, including Jack Sawinski. I think he's going to take a couple valuable lessons from Ben Gamble. Um wouldn't mind seeing him return as a bench bat, but also wouldn't mind if he, you know, departed on good terms. Uh, solid guy to get us through the tank, but yeah, like you said, average player, nothing really special about him except his defense at times. Yep. All right. Moving on. Jack Sawinski, 372 plate appearances. He had 19 home runs, which was second on the team. 202 average, not great, but he walked his fair share amount, 11% walk rate so the on base almost touched 300 it was at 298 and he slugged 411 for a nice even 100 wrc plus defensively he was solid enough and in terms of f4 he was a good player 1.8 so i will give jack swinski a b plus considering there was no plans for him at the beginning of the season barely any fans knew who jack swinski was and he put together one of the best seasons at PNC Park, just the PNC Park ever, probably the second best season ever behind like Brian Giles in 2001. I think he had the second highest, second or third. I think the third highest OPS in PNC Park history in a season. Uh, Jack Swinski, big home player. Uh, hopefully next year he can, you know, take some of that on the road with him. But you look at it, I'd slot him as the opening day left fielder next year, and you, you, you hope he hits 25 to 30 home runs. And if he can improve that average just a little bit, continue to get on base, you're looking at a pretty solid player. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. I think a B-plus is a solid grade for Sawinski, considering, you know, like you said, they've had no plans for him at the beginning of the year. Started off in Altoona after finishing last year in Altoona. He was a quick fill-in when there were some injuries to the outfield depth, and then he sort of just captured, you know, captured a lot of the love by fans. Like you said, the big problem, though, his performance on the road. He didn't look great. He really only performed at home. And while you like to see that, you also like to see some major improvements, you know, in other areas too, not just at PNC Park. But for everything that's worth, he didn't have much time to get acclimated with the organization after coming over from the deadline last year, starting off this year in Double A from no expectations. The dude tied the, I believe he tied the NL rookie record in home runs this season with 19. So, yeah, you give him a full season, a full offseason of workouts with the major league team, and you give him a full season in the MLB next year, I think we see a much a much different and a more rebranded Jack Sawinski than we did this year. 
Agreed. All right, moving on. O'Neal Cruz, the golden boy, 361 plate appearances. He had 17 home runs. He had 11 steals, hit 233, which all the fans, they, they were, you know, complaining about the batting average. It was around 198, 200 at some point. He climbed it all the way up to 233, which I think is a, it's a nice, Nice thing for him. The on base, you'd like to see it higher, only 294, but he slugged 450, 106 WRC plus, 1.4 F war. Um, the strikeouts, obviously, still, it was, it was a big, it was a problem, 35% on the season. You'd like to see him walk a little more, 7.8 walk rate. But overall, I'll give O'Neill Cruz a solid B. Um, and if, if you looked at September on, I'd give him an A plus plus because from the beginning of September through the end of the season, he was one of the best players in the sport. He really turned it on. He really started to figure things out. Once they put him in that leadoff spot, which I hope they put him in the leadoff spot starting in 23, Cruz was flat out awesome. But it took him a little while to get there. But I mean, that's that's what tanking seasons are for, figuring it out. And it seems like Cruz figured it out. Heading into next season, I mean, the sky's the limit. He could easily be a 30-30 guy. And, you know, at shortstop, even if he's average defensively, he's a, he's a top player in the league. So Cruz, I thought, was decent. He really turned it on late. I give him a nice, solid B. I'll raise you a B for a B+. Plus. Uh Cruz, I think, made fans want to watch the game, want to watch these pirate games, especially in the late goings of the season where things were really, really rocky. His overall attitude is great. You know, people said that he was a cocky dude, but I mean, overall, he looks like he's, you know, he looks like he's fitting in well with the team. He got his average up. He, to me, he seems like a very coachable guy. Like you said, his strikeout rate wasn't the greatest in the world. You know, obviously, he could have improved upon that. And I, in my opinion, he did. It looked like he got more patient at the plate. He was more selective with his pitches, sometimes a little too selective to where he would go down looking on strikes. But, hey, he's a rookie. That's what you're going to get. Um, his power goes unmatched. His speed is unmatched. I mean, the dude, looking at his numbers, he played in 87 games, significantly less than a lot of these Pirates players, uh, fewer plate appearances, and he was third in home runs. Um, looking at the leaderboard, second in RBIs. Like the dude caught up with a lot of these guys that were here pretty much throughout the entire the se- entirety of the season. And Cruz was brought up well into the season. So, I mean, he quickly caught up with them. So I feel like, again, he works in some of the things that brought him down this year. He learns to be more selective and find better pitches, you know, what to look out for. And I think that all starts with a better hitting coach. But, you know, I, a little good offseason training, more reps at the MLB level, things are going to work out. His defense, that needs to drastically improve because if he takes – you take away some of the you know, poor plays or poor throws that he's had, he's looking a lot better. But, yeah, his defense is not looking the greatest in the world, but that's something that can easily be improved upon with the right amount of work and you know, with the right mentorship. So, yeah, I got to give Cruz a B plus. I mean, he, he held up the hype, his, his home run, everything – like he hits a wall scraper and the audience goes crazy, but uh, I like O'Neill Cruz. I think he's going to be one of the cornerstones for the future. And I think this is a solid starting year for him. Yeah, I agree. And uh, one last note on the defense, it, it does need to improve, but I will say whenever you have key Brian Hayes at third base to kind of cover up some of that slack, it, it really helps him. And um, I think I think, 
I think the questions were answered. He needs to be a shortstop forever for as long as he can be. Um, and he needs to stick at that position. I don't want to hear any talk of outfield or whatever. Keep him at shortstop. Let him learn. Let Cabrian Hayes kind of cover up some of the, um, you know, mishaps. And yeah, that's your left side of the infield for the foreseeable future. All right. Kevin Newman. Kevin Newman got hurt a little bit, kind of slid to a bench roll later on in the season, but he had 309 plate appearances, two home runs. He hit 274, 316 on base, 372 slugging, 94 WRC plus, but uh, the defense is solid. He was worth 1.3 wins, according to Fangraphs. What's your grade for Kevin Newman? Ah. Uh. This one's hard. I'm going to go with a B minus maybe. I mean, he kept his average up. Obviously, there's no power. There's no really star quality to Kevin Newman. He's just one of the guys that's, you know, staying on the team because he's consistent. Take it for what you will. Uh, defense can be good. Offense can be okay. Uh, veteran leader that can lead the team. See, like I'm having trouble, you know, describing Kevin Newman because I don't want to say he's good, but I also don't want to say he's bad because he's really not bad, but he's not where he should be at this point in his career. Um, so I'm going to go probably B minus on Kevin Newman. He's good, but not where he should be. Yeah, I'll give him a C plus. And as far as his future with the team, I mean, Kevin Newman, he's basically the Ben Gamble of infielders. Um, he's fine. Like, like you said, not a lot of power. Gamble has more power, but I mean, is as far as what he should be, he should be a part of that bench next season. Um, and I think, you know, looking at it, that, that kind of, um, that's kind of, that's kind of his destiny because you look at the infield next year, you'll have probably Rodolfo Castro at second him at, or, uh, Cruz at short and Hayes at third. So uh, as far as a bench bat, I think that that's kind of his, uh, destiny with the team all right um let's do rodolfo castro real quick and then we'll go rapid fire through the rest of these guys rodolfo castro 278 plate appearances he had 11 home runs uh 233 average 299 on base 427 slugging 103 wrc plus he was worth 0.9 wins kind of funny him and cruz finished with the 233 average and their on base was pretty similar as well Second baseman, I give Rodolfo Castro a B. Um, I thought he took a nice step up once he got called up to the bigs the second time around, and I think he kind of planted himself as the starting second baseman next season. I'll agree with you there. Uh, I think he exceeded expectations greatly. I remember tweeting when he, when he, I think, got called back up the second time, saying, oh, boy, I'm ready for a one-for-26 stretch with Castro, and then he went on to have, like, I think seven hits. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is uh, definitely a big change from, you know, last time he was up and last year. I think now he's starting to sort of smoothen out a little bit. He's finding his groove. He's being a little bit more consistent. He's not trying to take it all into his hands. And I think that was his big problem last year, because remember when he was in Altoona last year, he was one of those big stars and he felt like he needed to carry the team, at least from a fan's perspective. Now he sort of realizes, hey, I got to let it up to everybody else. I just got to do my part when I can. And I think that's really helped him out a lot. He's started to. You know, like I said, smoothing out. He's looking a lot more consistent as a ball player. Defense isn't bad. 
I think he's going to be a solid guy, and I think he should be our starting second baseman next year. He's got that nice contact slash power, uh, nice balance with those two. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if he started out as our second baseman on opening day next year. I like what I see from him, and I think he's got a great future ahead. Yeah, I agree. All right, a few rapid-fire ones here. We'll say uh, Diego Castillo. He hit 206, 251, 382, and 200, 283 plate appearances. What's what's your grade for Diego? D-plus to a C-minus. He looked a lot better as advertised in uh, spring training coming out of it. He obviously earned that opening day nod in that spot on the 40-man to start the season, but he kind of cooled off. And I, I, when I say kind of, he really cooled off throughout the season. Uh, he... Hitting wise, it looked like he just sort of lost his way. But the weird thing is he went down to triple A and then started crushing it. So I think he's at that major league level. He's just got to get over that that big transitioning hump. And I think he can do that next year with the right training. Defense wise, I can't fault him for it, but it was shaky. He was moved to right fielder. He's not an outfielder. He was moved to first base and he's not a first baseman. Uh, I think he's just a victim of fate. I don't think he I think he's a little bit better than what we saw this year. But just based on this year alone. Castillo, got to go D-plus or C-minus. Yeah, I'll give him a C. And as far as next year, I could see him maybe as a bench bat. And it does seem like the Pirates are trying to turn him into that kind of super utility guy. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he starts in AAA. Maybe he's a bench bat. He'll have a chance to compete in spring training. But I give him a C. He provided him a little bit of pop, which was fun to see. But uh, overall, not not spectacular. Calvin Mitchell, 232 Played appearances, he hit 226, 286, 349. Uh, not the greatest in the world, but if he can tighten up his defense, I feel like this is a theme. I think he'd be a lot better. Got a little bit more consistent toward the end of the year. Certainly not awful looks, but, I mean, to me, he's just not a star like we thought he would be. But, again, with the right type of training, he could be that guy who we all thought he would he would be coming out of AAA. I think it's just, you know, a rough first year for him. Next year, I think he could really turn it around. What's your grade for oh, him? I don't even think I said that. I'd, I'd give him about a C-. minus. Yeah, I'll give him a D. The defense was, you know, it was a train wreck, I have to say. And hitting, like you said, he kind of picked it up at the end there. But starting next year, I'd, I'd probably like to see him start in AAA. Maybe he's a bench guy. But – He's the opening day right fielder. I think that's a problem. Um, I guess I don't really see that happening because I do have Gamble, but you know, I'd really like to see them sign or trade for a real outfielder, but I guess we'll see. But Calvin Mitchell, I'll give him a D. I think he needs to improve. All right, moving on to Capito Marcano. 177 plate appearances. He had two home runs. He had 206, 256, 306. Um I'll give him I'll give him a C minus. The hitting looked good at times, but not consistent. You can kind of shift him around, you know, all different types of positions. Maybe he's the utility guy next season, but I don't think he should be a starter by any means. What's your grade for Marcano? I'm with you. C minus. He is a good utility man. He can play good defense. Hitting wise, I think if he just gets a you know consistent at bats, he'll be fine. But I wasn't too wild by him this season. I think, you know, a little bit of work, he'll be fine. So C minus. All right. Jason DeLay and or Tyler Heineman, the catching duo. They were pretty much identical. Tyler Heineman, F. I don't like him. He, I mean, I, I was sort of optimistic when he was first acquired, but that was really to, you know, fill some places. I don't know about it. He has no power. His offense is awful. Defense is meh. 
nothing good there. Jason Delay, I, I gotta go. For what it's worth, C plus to a B minus. The dude had no mission this season, but then he got called up, did pretty well in his first couple of games, cooled off toward the end of the year. But for a nobody to come up to the MLB and spend significant time up there, I, that deserves a lot of credit. He looked okay on defense, uh, a couple errors, but overall he looked fine. Uh, I got to give Jason Delay a C plus or a B minus. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them both C's. It's kind of funny. You look at the WRC pluses, Jason Delay, 53. Tyler Heineman, 54. But they both played solid defense, and all things considering, Pirates catching was a disaster this season, and they did their best to kind of, you know, get through the year. So I'll give them credit there. All right, last last few. Um, these, are, these are newcomers. You know, these grades are obviously incomplete because we barely saw them. We all, honestly only saw them in the last week. But what do you think of Miguel Andujar? who was claimed to take Michael Chavis's spot pretty much. I think B plus he had great sparks on offense outfield wise. He looked comfortable out there. We didn't have to trade Brian Reynolds to get him. Uh, and I think he'll be a good solid DH slash utility guy going forward. Yeah, I'll give him, I'll give him a C plus. Um, I don't really want to get into it, but he kind of just seems like another Band-Aid. Hopefully he can figure it out in Pittsburgh, and we'll see what he brings next year in spring training. But if he's the opening day first baseman, I'm going to be pretty angry about that. But he was all right in, in the week in Pittsburgh. And finally, Jihan Bay. We've been begging for him for a while now, specifically you. I thought he was really impressive, and I'll give him a, I'll give him a B plus in the very short time that he was up. Uh, 37 plate appearances, that's barely anything but he hit 333 got on base a lot 405 um on base so he could play anywhere he's really fast he had three steals in a short time put him in center field opening day next season i'm fine with it i give him an a minus dude shows hustle he was very consistent at the plate very selective on his pitches he you know, there wasn't a weird transition period from AAA to now. He was very ready. He, like you said, aged like fine wine to describe Reynolds, but I described that with Bay. I would not be pretty upset if I saw him in the in the outfield to start next season or literally on the team at all. I think he's definitely earned a spot, and I think he's going to be a good player going forward. So for me, in the short time that he's been here, I give G1 Bay an A-. minus. All right, Jake, that'll wrap things up. Do you want to give a quick grade on Derek Shelton and or Ben Sherrington? Oh boy. Well, okay. So Derek Sheldon, I give him probably a C plus. He was given a terrible roster really this season. Another lost year for him. He kind of screwed the bullpen a couple of times, screwed up the rotation, but the players love him. They believe in him and pirates don't see, you know, don't see any problems with him really. It's kind of hard to bait, you know, judge him based off what he's given C plus for him. Uh, ben Sherrington, probably a D minus. He probably should have taken a few extra steps to really pad this offense or pad this team this year with some quality talent. Didn't do so. Brought in some of the guys that he thought were going to turn it around. A lot of them didn't. Um, he was the one that brought on the Josh Van Meter, Yu Chang eras. So that right there gets you sent to the gulag. So uh, D plus D minus for Ben Sherrington. I think those are fair grades for each. I agree. Um We'll see. This offseason will be a, a pretty big test to see where this franchise is headed. I'm not too optimistic. All right, Jake, before we wrap up, give the listeners your Twitter. My Twitter is at underscore Radio Jake. Awesome. You can follow me at Nathan underscore Hirsch. And, of course, follow Buck's Dugout 
at Bucks Dugout. You know, last offseason, we really didn't do any pods because Major League B- Baseball was in the midst of a lockout. So that's not the case now. I plan on having a few pods. We'll see what happens uh, move-wise. Anytime there's a big move, we'll hop on and talk about it a little bit. And just in general, I think we'll have a few more pods this offseason. Keep things cooking. Jake, I, I hope you're cool with that. But um, it's been a pretty swell season in terms of well, no, it hasn't. This season has been pretty, pretty agonizing once again for the Pirates. But uh, there were some bright spots. It's always fun talking, Jake, and we'll see what happens. Yes, sir. Always a good time chatting Bucks baseball with you. And again, we'll be more lively in the offseason. Follow Bucks Dugout. Go to BucksDugout.com. Lots of offseason content on the way. Nate, as always, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Everyone have a great rest of your day and uh, peace out.